0: Hello to all you unconventional
1: conventionists. Welcome to Rocky Talkie. I'm Jacob. I'm Aaron. And I'm Meg. All right, guys. Now, before we get started with the show, we're going to do the thing. We're going to take a moment, ask each other, how was your week? Did you get up to anything fun? Jacob, what were you up to this week? Oh, oh boy. I was in a show
0: this past weekend uh, at the Duplex Club in downtown Manhattan. The show was, of course, a Rocky Horror show with live vocals produced by who is known to some as Meg Beaverhausen and to others as Meg Fierro, <laughs> and Aaron Tidwell, and Will Remmers. Um, it was a great show. Had a blast. Was there with a lot of my Rocky friends. And I've been playing this game called Muck. It's a gag. I enjoy it. You should download it. It's free. Aaron, Meg, how were y'all's weeks?
1: Pretty good here, pretty good. Obviously a lot of scrambling for that uh, that show that we had. Um, I guess it's technically not rocky. I've been picking up costume pieces for uh, auditioning for RKO Con. Just got a couple of those in the mail, about ready to get out my sewing machine and uh, go to town on some of those. I got pants that need hemmed, I got lots of stuff to do there, and uh, getting all of my pieces in order for RKO Pride coming up. Uh, we're going to be, Meg and I, along with a couple other people, are going to be up at RKO uh, for their Pride Parade and the big show that they're doing up there. Super excited for that next week. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I've been up to. Sweetie, how about you?
2: What have I done? Well, um, okay, just this past week, uh, we got to hang out with one of our old friends that we haven't seen in a long time. Madman Mike came to uh, Manhattan to hang out with us. We got to have dinner with him and our friend Phil who's been on the show. Hi, Phil. And a bunch of uh, old school New York City Rocky Horror cast members. It was a lot of fun. We went to a restaurant called John's on 12th Street right by our theater, which is apparently like a place where they used to go back when we were at this theater a million years ago. And then we got to have like a double date kind of with Madman and his new wife, Jen. That was a lot of fun. And yeah, we just got to hang and like shoot the shit and talk about how everything is going with the cast. And uh, sweetie, you and you and Madman nerded out a whole bunch over like Rocky collectible stuff. That was
1: absolutely. Fun. It was so much fun. It felt it felt like sitting in his uh, old apartment down downtown when he lived there, uh, just rifling through the boxes of Rocky stuff. It was so much fun to get to hang.
2: But I couldn't believe it. It's been fucking six years since we saw him. Mm-hmm. So long. So it was really, really nice to get to catch up and just hang. Like, we used to fucking hang all the time, and now he's been gone. But that's so he's sweet. back. He'll be back around. Yeah, it was It was good. It was a fun time.
0: All right. Uh, now that that's out of the way, let's dive into our first segment. The The Global <laughs> News. <laughs> First up, in global news, I've got a update. that's a fun update for you oldsters out there, on the whereabouts of my bear bear.
2: Dude, we told you, you gotta take those cameras out of his house. That's like eight different kinds of illegal.
0: Um, first of all, nobody is ever going to find those. They just never think to look there. Second of all, this isn't about any alleged cameras that may or may not exist. This is about GalaxyCon. It's about to return to its home in Rayleigh,
1: North Carolina IRL.
2: Oh, damn, that's pretty neat. Those GalaxyCon events are usually online.
1: Raleigh. It's Raleigh, North Carolina. And yes, GalaxyCon is a festival of fandom featuring celebrities, artists, writers, entertainers, cosplayers, and lots, lots more. They've been almost exclusively online since the Peneal Vodka, although they were in Raleigh around this time last year, which was a big deal for the city after being shuttered for so long. Back in the summer of 2021, even Raleigh's mayor, Mary Ann Baldwin, got hyped over GalaxyCon, stating that the convention, quote, represented the biggest annual event to return to our city after the pandemic. We are so thankful that this celebration of creativity and pop culture continues to call our city home and brings together local and far-flung fans to experience Raleigh.
2: The 2022 GalaxyCon will be held at the Rayleigh Convention Center from July 28th through the 31st and will have one hell of a lineup for all the nerds who attend. Some of the highlights include a Smallville reunion with the actors who played Clark Kent, Lois Lane, and Lex and Lionel Luther. Plus, William Shatner, a.k.a. Captain Kirk, and Brad Spiner, who played Data, will be there for the Trekkies.
0: And of course, my Bear Bear will be there there for me to oogle from 501 feet across
1: the convention center floor in the heart of Rayleigh.
2: Yes, yes, that too
1: if you're interested in learning more about the convention maybe even buying yourself some tickets there's tons of info about the guests the events and all the other stuff that's going to be going down in raleigh over at the website at galaxycon.com a full four-day weekend vip pass is currently available for the high high cost of 325 dollars jesus that's a lot for a convention Oh, yeah, but in the best Disney fashion, it comes with a fast pass, which I assume means you get to cut the lines and shit. Plus, you get, like, a swag bag and admission to all the con parties. So, I mean, that sounds like a good time. It's still a lot. Yeah, but, I mean, the the non-VIP four-day passes for one of you broke-ass plebes out there is significantly more reasonable. $125. Does that make you feel better? I mean, kind of?
0: But our con is five days, and I heard a rumor that someone might be throwing a naked alien foam party in my hotel room. Does this con have a naked alien foam party? I don't I don't think so.
2: There are also one day passes available ranging from thirty to sixty bucks.
0: Is the thirty dollar ticket the one for Thursday? Yeah. Hmm. That's at least a regular price, but it's still kind of a lot. I don't know, man. I can watch Bear Bear in the comfort of my own heidi hole at the back of my mom's linen closet for free. What? What? Huh? Who?
2: Well, if if you don't have a linen closet that somehow allows you visual access to the interior of Barry Bostwick's home and would like to pay him a visit at GalaxyCon at Rayleigh, North Carolina, you can learn more about the con and shop for tickets all at their website. Again, that's GalaxyCon.com, which we've got linked for you in our show notes.
0: Raleigh. Right, it's all fun and games here, Aaron, oh, oh, it's Raleigh, haha, but we don't want to offend anyone, it is Ray Lai, and we respect the citizens of North Canada, 100%.
2: Next up in global news, uh, get your wallets out, gentlemen, because we've got some brand new, officially licensed Rocky merch for you, and this time it's from a brand called Cavity Colors. Cavity Colors is a creepy apparel company that lets you make everyday Halloween by creating collectible items that are just dripping in horror nostalgia. Just like all of our listeners, the creators at Cavity Colors live for Halloween and horror all year long. And that's why their brand mission is to share their passion for all things spooky with each and every high-quality item they create.
1: The brand's creator, Aaron Crawford, grew up on a steady diet of Goosebumps books and metal music. He spent years doodling monsters and creepy shit, some of which he even posted to his MySpace account.
0: Oh man, I love that callback.
1: Thank you. So after posting some of his art, Aaron was contacted by a local band who was in need of a t-shirt designer. So he did what any good freelancer does. He taught himself Photoshop really fucking quick and started designing band merch. You know, t-shirts, posters, CD packaging, that sort of thing. In May of 2012, Aaron decided to start designing stuff to sell on his own and couldn't think of anything that he loved more than horror. So he began to create and sell his own merch under the brand name Cavity Colors.
0: According to Aaron, we're always on a quest down a path lined with glowing pumpkins seeking that exact same nostalgic feeling we all felt as a kid discovering our favorite things for the very first time. This inspiration spills over the items that we create for our brand. We're here to bring you the same feeling you get while watching a favorite monster movie after midnight or throwing on your favorite Halloween costume to go trick-or-treating.
2: Cavity Colors carries a ton of officially licensed horror fandom swag. They've got Michael Myers, Ghostface, Godzilla, both Alien and Predator, just to name a very few. Seriously, they're partnered with like 50 franchises at least.
1: And on June 14th, the brand is going to offer up some delicious Halloween treats. That's not what the script says. That's too bad. I'm not using Marty's word. (laughs) Some delicious Halloween treats. A brand new Rocky Horror line of apparel featuring all of our faves. So far, Cavity has leaked one of their t-shirt designs as well as a pretty cool pair of jogging sweatpants. So the one shirt that we've got here, I'm usually not in for like big giant Frank faces, but I might have to pick this one up. It's got like this Stranger Things, Star Warsy kind of like, you know, uh, smash-up, cast-shot aesthetic to it. And I'm here for it. It is, It is bright, it is vibrant, it looks fucking great. Tim looks awesome. I might have to pick this one up. The
0: sweatpants from the collection... Look pretty nifty. I enjoy clothes with words on them and things, and that is what these pants have got. Uh, the left leg looks to say, how do you do? And then an image of Frank, wild and untamed thing, and then an image of Columbia. Oh, Janet. Oh, Brad. And then an image of Brad and Janet an inside of a nice heart. And then below all of it, the image has been taken from me. Oh, Scroll there down. Is. I need yes, it a yes, little yes, bit yes. bigger. I appreciate I print. tried to paste it into, into paint, but fucking windows computers (laughs) and then below that heart it says give yourself over to absolute pleasure in like bloody lipstick sort of uh writing that you may you may come to mind when you think of i don't know what what a dying cheerleader writes in makeup on the bathroom (laughs) window and then a
1: feature it's the font's double feature
0: Oh, oh, okay. Are you are you in charge of what comes to mind when people think of what a dying cheerleader might write in lipstick on the bathroom mirror? Because maybe they think double feature. So actually, we just said the same
1: thing, and we're agreeing with each other. So thanks, Aaron. I enjoy agreeing with you. Listen, if I had a nickel for every dead cheerleader that I've had, to... yeah. So what's the other leg say? The you know, <laughs> right leg. The right leg
0: also has words. The top it says madness, and then we have like a comic book cutout of Frank's eyes hauntingly looking at us. And below that, its its madness takes its toll. Interspersed with that image of Frank's eyes, another image of lips inside of a heart, and then I think what are Columbia's legs. And below all of that, the Rocky Horror Picture Show in that same font.
2: Are you going to tell them they're Frank's legs or am I?
0: Are they Frank's legs? They're yeah, Frank's look at his legs. look shoes, man. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't wear shoes, so I don't know. <laughs> That's just in my realm. So I don't know these things. But Frank, Megan Ard have showed me. That is, it's actually Magenta's shoes that Frank is
2: wearing. But I got gotcha. You're uh, right, yeah. Well, uh, these are just a couple of samples of the fun shit that Cavity is going to have for us this week. So um, the apparel like this is slated to launch on Tuesday, June 14th at 5 p.m. Eastern. So it'll be out just a few days before this episode drops. So when you're listening to this, you can already go shopping. Um, and, and, man, it's, it's always pretty cool when a brand seems to kind of get our weird fandom uh cavity seems pretty passionate about culty horror movies and we're excited to take a look at all the merch they got and report back to our listeners about the most fun things in the product line we hope you guys will head over to their site too dot and check out all the great stuff that they have to offer us
0: i think with uh, any piece of clothing it's hard to tell just online through an image what it's going to look like and how i'm going to like it but this stuff looks promising and i'm looking forward to perhaps buying those pants i don't know they were sweatpants so i'm not super certain but maybe that shirt so yeah yeah
1: yeah i i like the art style on these sweatpants it's kind of like a like a scene pop art kind of thing but without the little dots you know like it's got that that like half tony kind of color thing going on with it
2: it's pretty neat i feel like they're kind of the images are like awkwardly placed on the front of like the pant legs but I also think that, like, awkward bright colors are very in right now, so I could see them doing very well. Is that too there, spicy of a taste?
1: There's some joke there about <laughs> wanting, not wanting to dilute the color.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: I don't want to go there, though. Uh,
2: anyway. anyway.
1: And with that, I think it's time we kick it on over to some community news. bum ba First up in community news, we've got a fun announcement about a historic Rocky Theater that's getting a brand new makeover. The Plaza Theater is Atlanta's oldest operating and only independent cinema. The historic Art Deco Theater has been a community staple since 1939 when it projected its first film. It first opened as a regular neighborhood cinema, but took a bit of a spicy turn back in the 70s when it became a home to burlesque acts and X-rated movies. This lasted until the early 80s when it was totally renovated into a 1,000 seat space and the balcony was turned into a second hall auditorium.
2: This setup did pretty well for a while, but from the mid-90s through the mid-2000s, the cinema went into a pretty significant financial slump, uh, despite its brilliant decision to become a home to a Rocky cast in 2000. And the slump resulted in the space being sold in 2006.
0: See? There's money to be made in boobies and smut. They never should have brought it back to the G-rated shit.
1: Well, anyway, in 2006, the ownership changed, although the theater kept on the Rocky cast, still showing our favorite movie every Friday night at midnight. After the sale, the theater went non-profit and doubled down on showing different kinds of culty sci-fi movies. Godzilla, Frankenstein, Creatures from the Black Lagoon, that sort of thing. They also picked up screenings of The Room when it was released, and, uh... Tommy Wiseau even came to see showings a few times. In 2013,
0: management changed hands again, and although the theater did keep its rocky cast, the changeover led to major tech upgrades. They switched over to digital projection, got some snazzy new seats, and began incorporating lots of new films in their lineup to replace their previous culty showings. In 2017, the theater was purchased again, This time by a guy named Christopher Escobar, who happens to be the executive director of the Atlanta Film Society.
2: Ooh, fancy.
0: Yep. And of course, a guy like that did exactly what you'd expect. He revamped the theater to make it feel more like its original self and swapped the screenings from modern back to culty.
2: Honestly, it sounds like it never should have gone modern in the first place. A gorgeous old movie theater like that doesn't need to be playing Marvel movies or Detective Pikachu or whatever.
1: So just this week, Christopher Exabar announced that he had just signed a brand new 25 year lease on the plaza and plans to do some pretty major renovations to the theater. So, this sounds like some pretty like exciting shit. In his recent press release, Chris mentioned that he and his team plan to add a rooftop patio bar, a new screen, a theater organ, and best of all, modify the stage to better accommodate their Rocky Horror Live cast.
0: Wow! Talk about hospitable to your friendly neighborhood cast. Congratulations, guys. That is wonderful news.
2: Yeah, these renovations are expected to cost somewhere in the vicinity of $4 million. Uh Christopher hopes that these changes will allow the plaza to become the best version of the beautiful, culty downtown cinema it's been since the 30s.
0: Well, muzzle top to the plaza's cast, lips down on Dixie. You guys rock, and this is amazing news for y'all. And... I'd like to poffer this question to the group, if I may. We've been in our new space now since November, so just over six months. If the theater decided to renovate and asked what kind of upgrade we'd want, what would you tell them? And don't say a stage. That's too easy. We all want a stage. Ooh, I want a
1: stage. Shut up. I mean, first I'd ask why you need an organ in a theater that... No, uh, Actually, that actually sounds really cool. I hope it's super useful for a bunch of live events and all kinds of stuff that you do there. Honestly, in our current space, the only thing I'd ask for, a couple more power outlets, man. Like, give me some power outlets and give me like a direct feed, like an audio feed to the booth. That doesn't involve having to snake cables in and out of a small little projection window. Like, those are my top two. Like, give me them.
2: I could absolutely fucks with, like, a prop closet. That would be real nice. If they could build us a little closet and maybe, like, a little green room off of our theater. Oh, my God. How fucking wet am I even thinking about it? And uh if we could have a lighting grid too, that would be pretty baller. We got all these fancy lights and shit that we can't hang in our theater because it's too small. Give me a grid. Let me light the show properly.
1: Or shit, if we're just making shit up at this point, a couple of truss will do wonders, man. Just throw some goalposts up
2: there. I will take that. Yeah, we got four million dollars. What about you, Jacob?
1: Oh, I
0: mean, you guys said fucking everything. Uh I this isn't I mean this lights. What I was thinking before Meg said it was lights. I've been to a few FNS shows. My lovely girlfriend, Andrea, whom I love, I love you, Andrea, is on FNS, and I've been to a few of their shows, and they have a lot of lights. They do a lot of dancey sequences, um, which is pretty cool, and the stage is always like, like, like a 70s club, like you imagine, with a disco ball going. So I think that would be pretty cool. If you guys would like to read more about the plaza and its impending facelift, you can check out all the deets in our show notes.
2: And with that, uh you guys feeling a little little snacky
0: feeling a little jacky, maybe <gasps> a, little, a, little, a little itchy in my hand. my little little is <laughs> traveling down the hem of my pants uh oh my God, you guys, I can't believe it. I finally get to do a real jerk in it with Jacob sesh
1: um <clears throat> actually this week I've got um. Uh, I've got, uh, shit.
0: That's right. You shut your fucking face, old man.
1: No avoiding it this time. Oh, please help me out here, sweetie.
2: Why in God's name would I do that? Ha!
0: All right. Jerkin' it with Jacob. And this week's topic is going to be something near and dear to my heart.
1: Titties! Yay! Oh, for fuck's sake.
0: Specifically, Nell's titties! Yay! Hey. Come on, guys. Hey, don't rush. There will be plenty of time to come later. You've got to take this Yeah! yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I fucking hate both of you.
0: Yes. Yeah! O- yeah. <laughs> for over 80 episodes, we've been telling the world about Nell's boobies. And might I add, for over, I don't know how many years, Nell has been telling the world about her boobies herself. But finally... I wanna take a deep dive into the tatas. Behind the bra strap, if you will,
1: under the underwire, behind the nipple. Jacob. Oh. <laughs> this This is why we don't actually let you do these. You you understand, right? It's my segment and I want the story all about the
0: girls. The twins, man! Tell me about the twins.
2: It's my money and I want it now. Yeah! Well, uh, Laura Campbell was born in Sydney, Australia in 1953, the daughter of a prominent newspaper columnist for the Sydney Telegraph. She was given the nickname Little Nell after the Charles Dickens character in the old Curiosity Shop. No,
0: boring. You went too far back. Fast forward. Get to the good
1: part, the part with the boobs. Um... So, Nell and her family moved to London in the early 1970s. She worked at a small boutique stall in London's Kensington Market, next door to another shop run by the then-unknown Freddie Mercury. She was also busking, plying her trade outside the theater where Jesus Christ Superstar was playing. That's where Jim Sharman saw her.
0: See, you say words like plying her trade, but I know that just means lap dancing. You're really working me up here, Aaron. What are you doing? That mouth, yeah, man. Yeah,
2: ply my trade, daddy. Ply my
0: trade all over, baby. <laughs>
1: Ta- tap <laughs> tap dancing with a T. Tap dancing.
0: <laughs> yeah, know. tap dancing all over my crotch. I know it. I know it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so Nell and Jim Sharman had met before when she was still in Sydney. Uh, Jim and Nell got to talking, and Nell told him that she had yet another job. Damn, girl was hustling. Working as a soda jerk.
0: Yeah, that's more like yeah. what I'm talking about. Jerk the soda. soda.
1: <laughs> a soda jerk. You know, a waitress.
0: I know. I I know what you're getting at, Aaron. Don't you worry, buddy.
2: So she was also a soda jerk at a restaurant named Small's where she would occasionally dance as she served the customers. Richard O'Brien, Jim Sharman, and Richard Hartley all came to see her when she was working. And, well, that's how she got the part of Columbia, which Jim told Richard he had to write, including incorporating her tap dance into the time warp routine.
0: I'm sorry. She was working as a soda jerk at a restaurant called Small's. And you're you're telling me, Aaron, that not one bit of that is about boobies. Come on. I'm sorry. It's just right there. But whatever. Let's move on with the show, I guess. If you want to deny the truth... That at least involves bouncing. We're getting closer, but I feel like you're not here with me for this journey. I want more Triple X and less PhD.
1: If you're not going to play, I don't even know why we do this every week. Okay, fine. So, Rocky opens in 1973, and the reviews immediately recognize it as the sexiest show in town. Is that better? In a 1974 review from later in the run, Peter Gordon writes that, quote, the rites of passage gained through Frank's agency is a sexual spoof, not unlike the plot in one of Moliere's plays. The fleshiness of it is a sign of our unrestrained times and that these days, theater tends to exact its ounce of flesh. Oh, man, you had me going
0: there. It was all literary and Moliere, and then BAM! Mia Khalifa!
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so much so that Richard O'Brien had to, on a number of occasions, point out that Rocky was not a sex show. It was naughty, sexy, and rude, sure. Though I can see why many reviewers may have had it confused. Uh, in its earliest renditions, Rocky Horror was more than a little unshamed of a bit of nudity.
0: I'm just imagining Richard like in a bar with with maybe some buddies who came to see the show and like pleading for his life, like guys, no, I know, I know, there's a lot of titties, I know, you, I know, you can see boobies and there's there's crotch and there's penis. Yes, but it's not about the sex. God, that's just that's this hilarious. Is
2: real theater, you guys.
1: God, seriously. Oh. <laughs> now we're talking. You you often forget it, right? Given the mainstream musical glitz that plays on stage these days, but when it was just a tacky little rock show playing at the theater upstairs, you were just as likely to have Tim Curry's crotch in your face as little Nell's boobs. Nell's Columbia costume, the original one, was super low-cut, below her bust, with her nipples rouged and peeking out over the top. Both her and Janet intentionally wore the smallest bras possible for floor show, offering a very titillating glance at the
2: actresses. Titillating. Uh, and it, it was a look that unfortunately didn't last for the movie. Though Nell did manage to sneak a wink at the audience twice in the film, everyone's favorite peekaboob during freezing scene, and of course, all throughout Floor Show.
0: The most worn-out parts of my DVD. Because All I come, really I come on that part of the DVD, specifically
1: where <laughs> Nell shows her boobs. That is where I jack off. On we'll you. just, we'll just, we'll just end that after DVD. <laughs> 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 so it's little wonder that as Rocky found its audience first as a stage show, that Nell and Columbia became kind of a de facto sex symbol within the piece. And meanwhile, Nell was building up a resume that would just cement her image as the electric life of the party.
2: In 74 and 75, she appeared in the film Barry McKenzie Holds His Own and Ken Russell's Mania. And in October of 75, Nell appeared with Richard O'Brien in the stage show, and they used to star in movies at the Soho Theater in London. She
1: plays Minnie Mouse in that one.
2: Aw,
1: yeah. really? That's yeah. cute. Does she
2: show her boobies?
1: It's not a cute Minnie Mouse. Disney would have not been happy. Oh. So also in 1974, Nell was recruited as a guest vocalist on the single titled Tough Little Surfer Boy by a UK band called Truth and Beauty. This was produced by the same Rich T-Boy Productions that was formed with Richard O'Brien. We talked about that a ton back in episode 60 where we were talking about the stage show soundtrack. Truth and Beauty this band only did one single and it was comprised of actors Jonathan Kramer and Perry Bedden Kramer who was according to Richard O'Brien the first choice to play Frank and Furter in the stage show before Tim Curry had even auditioned and Perry Bedden, who appeared as a Transylvanian in the film, he was in shock treatment, and he would go on to be like one of the longest running riff raffs in the stage show's history, uh, only surpassed as far as I know by Christian Lovercomb just a while back, so yeah. Normally,
0: I get all uppity that you haven't mentioned any Hooters for like three minutes. But I, I know you're a sneaky one, Aaron. I know you got a little something under the hood. You're about to pull one of your little your little magic tricks. You know, I'm, I'm focusing on the Nell and the stories in the theater. And then whoops, out of your sleeve, there's the boobies. So I'll, I'll have some patience. Don't worry. It's okay. And I know what comes next. It's 1975. We're doing the swim.
2: Yeah. Nell signed on to AM Records. They distributed albums from Ode Records, the same label that carried the movie soundtrack. The first featuring Stilettos and Lipstick and Do the Swim, which were both co-written with Richard Hartley and Brian Thompson of Rocky Horror fame with Hartley producing the album.
0: And in November of 1975, Nell appeared on British television's The London Weekend Show. She sang Stilettos and Lipstick and during the closing credits performed Do the Swim. <laughs> and we got, oh yes,
1: we got more boobies. So many more. So in an interview with ripitup.com.au, Nell had this to say. She says, Who would have thought that 40 years later, we'd still be talking about that too? That bathing suit that didn't fit properly. That blooper became a little cult itself. I look at that show now and it's so charming and I look like such a trooper. (laughs) She is a trooper. In
0: 2008, Nell appeared on ABC Australia's Spicks and Specs, a music-themed television quiz show where the famous Do The Swim performance came up again. She clarified the story even more, saying that at the last minute, she had borrowed a friend's bathing suit that was strapless and it kept falling down. I'm sure that's what happened, Nell. I believe you 100%. The host recalled that the clip had subsequently been shown on many of the television blooper shows from the 70s and 80s. In 1977, it was shown uncensored on the BBC blooper show It'll Be All Right on the Night, and even appeared in the US on Bloopers and Practical Jokes with Dick Clark. Holy crap, dude, I'm impressed. Listen, you think I didn't come prepared for boobies? I know a lot about them naughty pillows, all right? Never mind.
2: So, as Rocky the movie began to blow up in the U.S. at the start of 1976, there was plenty of Nell out there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, she appeared in A Streetcar Named Desire, uh, censored scenes from King Kong, and a one-woman show, Stoop, in the late 70s. She also continued acting in films, Sebastian and Summer of Secrets, in 1976, Journey Among Women and Rock Follies of 77, and Jubilee in 78, which we talked about on our last episode, right?
1: Uh, Two back, I think, but yeah, go check that one out. So with the additional audience coming from Rocky Horror, her music career also saw modest success – In 76, she released the sultry disco single, Fever, again on the B-side with Do the Swim. And in 1976, she also released See You Round Like a Record, which is probably my personal favorite of her songs. That had Dance That Cocktail Latin Way on the B-side, and again, both of these were produced by Richard Hartley.
0: The combined momentum from her appearance on the London Weekend Show and Rocky Horror's burgeoning cult following triggered a renewed effort by A&M to promote the records when the uncensored blooper of Do The Swim aired in 77 and with
1: Rocky becoming an underground phenomenon, another round of releases of her songs hit record stores. This time, it was in the form of a 1978 triple B-side extended play album titled The Musical World of Little Nell subtitled aquatic teenage sex and squalor it had do the swim and stilettos and lipstick and dance that cocktail latin way also that year was a new pressing of fever that had do the swim on the b side both these albums were like super heavily imported in the u.s they had like the picture sleeves and in special edition you know kind of packaging and they were sold all through every single Rocky Horror publication that you could put your hands on.
2: And some of the most broadly distributed examples are the early official magazine. That's the yellow one with Tim and Richard on the cover and the official poster magazine. The blue one with the throne scene on the cover both feature interviews with Nell. Both were put out in 1979. In the second Adam Sargis tells a story of Richard, Sue Blaine, and Nell at Florida's second annual Rocky Horror Anniversary Celebration, commemorating 104 weeks of sellout shows at the Broke Cinema.
0: I don't think I've ever heard of this.
2: It was held at a roller skating rink, with Adam taking the trio swimming earlier in the day. And then while he and Richard were listening to the demo tapes Richard had brought along of his new musical, TZ, and his work-in-progress songs from Shock Treatment, Sublane futzed with Riff's floor show shoot that was meant to be given away that evening to the costume contest winner. Meanwhile, Nell was busy rolling joints, some mixed with tobacco so she wouldn't have to bother later. After a flurry of fans at the roller skating rink, the stars watched the local cast put on a fantastic floor show.
1: Though Adam did recall seeing Richard O'Brien being led away in the middle of the performance to the ladies' room. Which... Hulu don't get it don't 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 go crazy Nell coyly explained later that there had simply been a snowstorm in there titties and blue! what more could a man ask for in october of 1979 Nell would again appear at a fan event this time RockyCon One in new york which anyone who has listened to our tesseract staycation panel will know was definitely not the actual first rocky convention
0: at the halloween party that was held at roseland Nell performed Do the Swim, this time in a red one-piece, with the foresight to include straps. That she later took off halfway through the performance. <laughs> <laughs> ah, this time with the foresight to include straps. Though they didn't make much difference, because later that night she tapped along to Time Warp. So I I made a joke, I, I don't know if we're going to include it <laughs> in the recording. I made a joke, not knowing how this paragraph ended, I made a joke about her using the straps but then taking them off Because of course she's going to show her titties And then what, what What? What? do I find out later in that same paragraph She That literally is what happened Yeah she took off the straps to show her titties later in the night So fucking hilarious stuff guys God damn Though they didn't make can't... much difference Because later that night she tapped along to Time Warp And somehow managed to fall out despite the straps
2: I don't know if I should be impressed or concerned Jacob uh, Listen just so you all
0: don't think I'm a creep just when it comes to boobies. And that 2008 interview on that esteemed show Spicks and Specks, where <laughs> Belle talks about her do-the-swim gaffe, the host wasn't able to show the actual clip. So instead, he has one of the other guests recreate her performance. And the guy strips down to a leopard one-piece bathing suit. He climbs up on the desks, and proceeds to repeatedly fall out of the swimsuit top. But before finishing the bit, he has a different kind of swimsuit malfunction, causing the sensor to have to black bar his junk as it falls out the bottom
1: of his swimsuit.
2: The old Adam (laughs) Jenkins, Concerned it is.
1: So, Nell would go on to release one final record in 1980, titled Beauty Queen. It was the theme to the documentary Alternative Miss World that cataloged the 1978 beauty pageant of the same name. It featured both male and female contestants dressed in outrageous, erotic, and crazy outfits. The drag superstar Divine has a small cameo, but as a whole, the film just kind of drags, pardon the pun.
2: And, of course, uh, there's Shocky, where she played Nurse Ansalong.
0: But I think we'll have to call it here. This has all been in good fun. We love you, Nell. And I hope that this whirlwind through Nell's career right after Rocky gives all of you listeners out there a deeper understanding of the amazing disco ball beauty that the community embraced as our zany and wonderful Columbia, little Nell.
2: But, of course, this is far from the end of Nell's career, as we all know. We've talked about this in prior episodes. After all of this transpires, she goes on to open her nightclub in Manhattan during the 90s. Um, And she's fucking hella active in our community. She does all kinds of stuff on social media well, she's got a cameo account. She's got an Instagram account that she's really, really involved in. She comes to all of the conventions. She really loves interacting with the fans, and uh, she's around. She's around if you want to chat with her. If you want to fucking hit her up, slide into her DMs, pay her twenty five bucks to make a cameo for you. Like she's here for that. She probably show you her boobies to this day with a smile on her face.
0: Yeah, and uh, I don't know if uh, Nell is in on the loop on this one, but I am also creating. And OnlyFans, right, pieced together from, you know, the different <laughs> gaffes and booby showings of Nella's had over the years. Um, so that is something to look forward to, too. I'm sure that'll get into her sphere and she'll add content there also. So that's something,
2: yeah. You guys can collab on
1: that.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Don't worry, I'm, yeah. I'm on it. That
1: is absolutely not going to happen, our lawyers tell us, to clarify that real quick. But uh, there you go, all you guys can stop writing in and asking us where to find the videos of Nell's Boobs.
2: Uh, nobody does that, except I'm pretty sure Jacob from an alt account, because it's all from the same email address that keeps sending updates on Barry Bostwick's favorite beer.
0: Anyway, they're linked in the show notes, Nell's Boobs, that is. We all know that my uncle Bear Bear drinks Foster's. It's Australian for beer. Just like Nell is Australian for boobies!
1: Dude,
2: what the fuck?
1: Barry Bostwick did a Foster's beer commercial in Australia during the 1980s, but the tagline back then was, Don't you just love it? Not Australian for beer. Still counts!
0: Oy. And that's our show. We want to thank Nell's boobies.
2: (laughs) (laughs) being great
0: being great yeah. um and as always we'd like to thank our editor aaron from tennessee dude you're fucking awesome aaron you rock and this week you got to listen to all the boobies talk you sir are welcome but but i but honestly no thank you this you know you you don't deserve you deserve the praise not me so
2: <laughs> yeah it's true he deserves a praise not all of us if anyone has a question they'd like us to answer on air for our asks a question segment, some community news they'd like us to talk about, or even a cool story to share with the community, we would love to include it in our show. Just head on over to our website, rockytalkypodcast.com, and fill out our contact form to uh, share with us. Tell us about it. We'll read it out loud.
1: If you're enjoying Rocky Talkie. You know what to do. Help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the show. It makes the podcast more accessible to new listeners, and that helps us to grow the show. And if you want even more Rocky Talkie content, check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, all at Rocky Talkie Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Jacob, you were never doing jacking it, ever again.
2: He's that. gonna go jack it right now.
0: I've got an air of grievance. Um, and, and while we're on the topic of Little Nell, we did a, we had an episode where we talked about Little Nell's website a few yeah. months back, and I, as you know, resident intern type person for Rocky Talky, um, specked out the website and looked through it. There was a little a little place to submit questions, and it didn't it didn't have any like information it was just like if you if you want have questions put it here and there was a little bar and a little thing to kid enter and i, I was like man does does, do I, does this just go to nell is if <laughs> is nell just gonna read my question Wouldn't that be fucking crazy um so i put something in and i was literally just like hey is is this nell uh <laughs> <laughs> and it's been so many months and i've got nothing Nothing back, not from Nell, and not from a lackey that would be easy to hire and replace, no. So that, if you were entranced or thought you might get a response from your question on Little Nell's website, well, I can tell you now, you will not.
2: Maybe you should have asked a better question. What? Oh, a
0: couple. But, but you can answer. It's like, yeah, yeah, perhaps my question wasn't the greatest, but the effort it takes to answer it is, you know, relative to how not great it was. You know, it's just a little, just, yes, yes, this is Nell, Jacob. Or no. No, this is not now. You moron. Something like <laughs> that.
2: Well, we'll tag her in this episode and uh, we'll see. Maybe she'll answer your question now. Maybe she'll get back to you. She'll have one of her lackeys. Well,
0: I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah.
1: There will also be all sorts of celebrity photo ops here at GalaxyCon in Raleigh. There is going to be costume <laughs> contests, video game tournaments, you know, just all the standard nerd convention fare. And of course, my bear bear will be there there for me to
0: oogle google from 501 feet. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mazeltov to the Plaza's cast. Lips down on Dixie, I believe. Oh, I thought that was like a saying, like putting it all on red. But now I. That's the name of the cast. Well, Mazeltov. It's also a saying.
2: No, right, no I'm on. pretty sure. Lips cat down
0: cat- on Dixie <laughs> to <till> the nine. <laughs> if you guys would like to read more about the Plaza and its impending flea fucking shit, my fucking lips don't match what I want to to say.
2: <laughs> Dude, what the fuck? Barry
1: Bostwick did a Foster's beer commercial in Australia during the 1980s, but the tagline back then was "Don't you just love it?" Not Australian for beer. Oh. Yeah
0: is the tagline now australian for beer?
1: yeah. fosters, fosters. Australian, australian for beer. beer. interesting. no give give me give me the give me the cap to the damn thing. it still uh. counts. Uh. <laughs> what am i saying still counts. it still counts. Ca- if you followed the conversation
0: i've been following the conversation i'm saying what me saying australian for beer?
2: yeah, cuz you you had a funny line. it's australian for beer just, just like, like now australian, is australian for boobies. For boobies.
0: And okay. it wasn't the tagline back Still then. Still counts. counts.